0: Well, grace, peace, and mercy be unto you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Miraculous, isn't it? Right? It's it's as if God goes, hey, let me think of some stuff up so that everyone will go, really? They gave a loud shout marching around the city walls, and that's what made them come down? Really? I, I mean, if I were God, uh, you know, trying to figure this out, I think I would have said, I know it would look really cool, if, if all the soldiers, right, went up to the city wall, and we're talking, some historians believe, three feet thick walls, over 40 feet tall, okay? And if the soldiers just went up to the, to the walls and said, okay, on three, we're all just gonna push, right? One, two, three, push. and then if God, you know, gave them supernatural strength, and then the walls came down, I mean, that would, that would be really cool, right? It, but a shout? Really? Where we yell at the wall and it's gonna be so scared of us it falls. I, no, I don't I don't know if it was scared. I don't know if the immensity of this power of God, but isn't it amazing how God takes everyday normal things and does the miraculous shout. You give a shout, right, when your team is doing really well. Yeah, all right. hey, we scored, right? Okay, yeah, I love it. You can be walking through an airport whenever some major sporting event is on and if there are TVs around, and nobody knows anybody in the airport, right? But as soon as one team scores, you know who all the fans are for that town because in the airport, yeah, and everyone stands up, and they're high-fiving people. You have no idea who these people are. So I mean, I get it, there's there's a little bit of that shout. Uh, uh, warriors will, will claim that a lot of times if you get your buddies together and you're getting ready to go out in a battle and if, and if there's something you can kind of do together, a chant or, or a high five or that, there's, there's a lot of energy that can be expressed there. The University of Hawaii football team with their uh, Polynesian background have, have gotten into some of the warrior dances of, of the culture of Hawaii. And it's kind of fun to watch them as they stomp and clap and then you know, they're jumping all over and they're, they're all right? everyone's together I, I think that's what's going on here, is that God is saying hey that we're all in this together but but I need to back up a little bit because I'm afraid what will happen if we focus on just this part of the story what we'll have a tendency to do is go well I, I guess the miracle is God will knock down the walls in my life that i am come up against. I, I mean, I think that's kind of a natural incl- inclination. We read the story and we go, well, there's, there's things to overtake and, and God's gonna be the one to, to do the battles. But here, I want you to hear something. And the verse is right in front of chapter six. Joshua meets the angel of the Lord. I want you to hear it, it's not in your bulletins. Now when Joshua went near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. How many other times can you think in scripture where you get a picture of the angel of the Lord with a drawn sword in his hand? Garden of Eden, right? Adam and Eve, you're kicked out. Now there's the Garden of Eden. and Now this, this angel will stand here as guardian. You are not to enter in. We get some other pictures, uh, 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 Balaam's donkey is, is trying to go down, Balaam is trying to get to an area and, and Balaam, the donkey, uh, sees an angel of the Lord and starts to veer and go the other way and Balaam's beating the donkey and trying to get him back on the road and the donkey's like, look dude, there is a sword <laughs> flaming, from, I'm not going there, right? And he doesn't think anything of it that his donkey is now talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> So what we get here is this picture that God says, you know, when I show up things, things are pretty intense. God sends an angel with a drawn sword and Joshua goes up to this angel the drawn sword, goes up to this man and says, are you for us or for our enemies? Isn't that how it always is? We have this tendency to go to God and go, so like, you're for me, right? Because I know I'm in the, I mean, I mean I, I've been going to church pretty regularly, God. I know, you know, this is how it is at work. And I know you're going you're gonna to fight the battle for me, right? Not, not for my boss, right? I mean, you're for me. Or, or maybe it's in family, right? And we go, well, I, I just know, I, I just know the Lord is on our side for this and, and probably not on their side. And that's how we have a tendency to go about our life is is asking, we even dare to ask God, hey, you're for me, right? Here's the problem. Let's see if you can hear it in this answer. Verse 14, neither. Did you hear it? Is God for you or for your enemy? Neither. Did you hear it? Do you you get it? You understand? This isn't about you. Let that sink in a second. God is not about being on your side versus somebody else. This man goes, um, neither. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? Joshua is all concerned. Okay, are we supposed to go against? Are we supposed to do battle? Or what are we supposed to do against Jericho? I know we've been sent across the Jordan, right? Twelve men went to spy on Canaan. Ten were bad and two were good. What do they see when they spied on Canaan? You guys don't know this song? You are sorely lacking. This is great. I've got to pause here. X 1 1 12. 12 men went to spy on Cain, and 10 were bad, and 2 were good. What did they see when they spied on Cain, and 10 were bad, and 2 were good? Some saw giants, big and tall! Some saw grapes and clusters, some saw God was in it all, 10 were bad, and 2 were good. And you're supposed to say, Faster! Right, okay, so this is how it works, all right? So 12 men went to spy on Cain, and 10 were bad, and 2 were good. we on were bad, and 2 were good. Some saw giants, big and tall! Some saw God was in it all, 10 were bad, and 2 were good. And now faster. And you wonder how come you don't know the Old Testament Bible stories. You don't sing. Here's the deal. Joshua falls face down. And this time he gets a correct. What message do you have for me? Not... Okay, is God for this plan or for this other plan? I mean, I've got two columns here, and I really like column A. I've got a lot going over here in column B. God, which one do you want me to pick? Instead of saying, God, what do you have in store for me? I don't even know if there's a column A or a column B. Because what if God, and what if we said, God, what do you have in store for me? And God goes, Wait. No, no, I know, I know you want me to be patient and all. I kind of get the kind of godly uh, virtue. Uh, but what do I do while I'm waiting? Wait. Um, yeah, I don't know. How, this is how it's always worked in the, in the past, God. But, but I'm, a, I'm a doer, okay? And uh, you put me on this earth to get some stuff done, and, and this waiting thing, it's not, it's not working for me. So, so what do you, what do you want me, you want me to go over here or go over here? Wait. Or it's one of these, hey, God, do you want me to pick this or this? And he goes, no. No, no, God, I'm I'm trying to narrow it down here for you. I know you got a lot of people to answer questions for. And I'm just trying to make this simple. Uh, So do I go here or here? No. God, what do you want? Okay, now we're having the conversation I want to have, God says. Commander of the Lord's army replied, "Take off your sandals. The place where you're standing is holy." We heard this last week with Moses and the burning bush. Where God is present, it is holy ground. This is why, when you buy a new house, you pray over the threshold of your doorway and and your dining table and your living room and, and the places where people will gather because it is holy ground. And you ask, God, what do you want done with this space? What do you want done with it? See, it's a reorienting, isn't it? You see, we get caught up in the miracle. We get caught up in the fact that God had told Joshua, go over the Jordan River, take the Israelite army. I'm going to give you a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to help you take over all of the cities. Every bit of it. And yet, right underneath all of that, God is saying, but I need you to follow me. I I need you to ask what I want done in your life. Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites, and no one went in or out. The Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. Do you understand the tense of that sentence? I have done this. Well, well, God, no, I mean, I get it. I know we're standing around the walls of the city, but they're not, I mean, they're not ours yet. No, no. I've already delivered the city, the king, and its treasures. It's already yours. Can you hear it? When he does the same thing in baptism, where, where he says... You receive all the promises that come with being known as my son or daughter. It's already yours. You, you already have eternal life. I've already given it to you. Well, well, yeah, God, I mean, I know, but I'm still here. I know. But, but you're focusing on where you're at instead of what I've given you. See, we have this tendency. Are you for me or against me? God, am I doing this or over here? And God's going, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not about you. Are you willing to do what I want you to do? Are you going the direction I need you to go? Are you willing to die to yourself and love your spouse the way you need to? Well, but, but God, she's not very forgiving. D- did I ask you? her. Forgive her. She doesn't set your standard of behavior. I do, God says. But but I've I've got a mean boss, and he just rides my case all the time. Do your job. But but I'm flabbergasted. I'm I'm frustrated. I didn't ask you. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. Uh, Ram's horns are only used in battle. Okay, this is not a singing instrument horn. Don't you know at this point Joshua was going, really? We're going to go dancing. (laughs) we got this big army. We've been working out. We're pumping iron. We've been working on some sword play. We're throwing spears. we got the whole gig going, God. And you want us to do what? March around the city. How many times? Once a day for how many days? Six days? Nice. And on the seventh day, do this seven times? What the heck is going on here, right? No, no. Joshua goes, that's what you want done? We'll do it. He doesn't ask. He doesn't question. He follows the command of God. Take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, seven priests carrying trumpets in front of it. He ordered the people advance, march around the city with the armed guard going ahead of the Ark. See, again, wherever the Ark of the Covenant is, is holy ground. What's God saying? He says, This city is mine. This is holy ground. I've declared it so. We've walked around it, and I've made it so because where I am is holy ground. This is our lives when we go into our business places. When Jesus lives in it, there's holy ground here. You are inviting people into your life into holy ground space. Verse 15, on the seventh day they got up at daybreak, marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day they encircled the city seven times. Seventh time around, the priest sounded the trumpet blast. Joshua commanded the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Again, he reminds you, it's already done. They haven't even shouted yet. It's already done. God is always breaking down barriers. God is always, by His nature, breaking things down in order to build things up. Some theologians believe the reason this has happened in seven days is to mimic the order in creation that that God created in six days and that He's beginning again to give Israel a new city. That He's going to demolish it, kill off all the godless people, and then He is going to give them this place in which to live again, just like He created the Garden of Eden. And if you can't hear it, if you can't sense it, let me remind you of another time where God has broken down a wall. You see, Jesus, Jesus was arrested and stood in front of Pilate. And Pilate said, are, are you the Son of God? And Jesus says, it is as you have said. And the people cry out, Let's sacrifice Him, so we can live. And you know what? God knows exactly what He's doing, and it's already done. There is no battle that is in front of you that God doesn't already know the outcome. There's nothing in front of you that God isn't already sovereign over. And Jesus goes to the cross, and He says, it's finished. I mean, He could have said, it's done, it's a done deal. I've already won. And you know, Satan is going, ha ha, he killed him. And Jesus is going, ha ha, I'm coming back. It's already done. Okay, we're going to wait three days, but that's cool because it's already done. And when Jesus cried out, it was finished. You know, the temple curtain, the wall, the wall in the temple that separated the the holiest of grounds from the regular people was torn in two, and God brought that curtain down. When Jesus yells, it's finished, I want you to know, friend, it is finished. Your sin, it doesn't hold you back. It doesn't name you. You can be free. In your past, it's a wall that you've built up and it's protected. I don't know what you think you're protected. Let, let, him, let him dash it so that he can create new. And by the blood of Jesus Christ, know that completely God has a miraculous plan to destroy the junk that is in your life and rebuild you made new, redeemed, loved, dearly, dearly treasured. Folks, you have nothing to worry about. It's a done deal. Amen.